stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Yes. Good morning. What a wonderful time to be with you this morning and to exercise communion. You know, before our Lord went into the house of Caiaphas, in which was the last night before the crucifixion, he was mutilated by the soldiers by the high priests themselves, physically, to a point to where he was unrecognizable. And he did it so he could stand for us at the cross of Calvary as the ultimate sacrifice to give us forgiveness for our sins. The Bible says, if we confess that he is faithful, he'll forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this morning, before we begin communion, we confess to you, Lord Jesus, our sins, our shortcomings, our faults. We ask you, Lord, to forgive us from everything that uh, has come into our minds and we take an action. Remember, thought is not a sin, but it begins a sin. And so, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. You take some bread where you are. I want you to hold it in your hands. I don't want to touch mine because there are two or three people here with me and we keep uh, social distance even on this hour. But put the bread in your hand and, uh, and uh, get ready to, to put on the cup that's in front of you. And so would you repeat it? Say, Heavenly Father, I'm about to take communion. And I am deeply, deeply, deeply grateful to you, Lord, for this opportunity to come before you and exercise this right that I have to partake of the Holy Communion. I take it, Lord, seriously, because the power of prophecy rests on the testimony of Jesus. What He has done on the cross of Calvary. And as His death took place, so did His resurrection, His ascension. And He will return one of these days. God, we are experiencing America an overflow of deaths due to this virus. God, You have said in Your Word 
All things work together for good. For those who love you. And are called according to your purpose. So if it is your purpose that I live, so be it. If it is your purpose that I die, so be it. But God, I ask you to give me life, for you came to give life and life in abundance. So protect us, Lord. That's our prayer this morning. Protect us. He broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Meaning, I want to remember right now that his body was broken at the cross of Calvary. And as he broke that body, he came to the point of, of, of near death before he even was crucified. And even through the crucifixion, his body was being broken. All the sins of the world were upon him. To where today, if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, you are saved by grace, so help us. After the same manner. What do you mean? When he took the bread, he did exactly with the cup. You know, you, you have a cup to drink when you take communion. Or when you sup, you, you have a cup. He took that cup. When he had supped. So the cup was part of the, of the meal. But he interfered the, the proceedings. And he took the cup and he said this. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. The new covenant will be ratified by the shedding of Jesus' own blood, which forever satisfy the sin death. I'm reading from the Bible that belongs to our friend, our dear friend, our loved friend that I don't know who he is, but I, that's a good Bible. Jimmy Swaggart. If you don't have the, his Bible, you're in trouble. Get it. It's better than the NIV 100%. Now, and it says, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so this morning, God, we remember the suffering of our Lord. We remember God, His body being slaughtered inside of Caiaphas' house. I remember. I remember every strike upon the face of our Lord. I remember every fist that broke a vein in His arm, in His body, in His chest. I remember that. I remember that he stood and perhaps felt down and stood up, felt down and stood up and took it like a man, like the Son of God, like the Jesus that we love so much. Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Oh, mighty God. I praise you, Lord. I give you glory, God. Oh, 
Heavenly Father. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until He comes. God, I ask you for my family. I mean my family in Brazil, my family in the hills, my family in Athens, my family in Macon, my family everywhere, those who know me as to who I am in this ministry, I remember them as my family right now. From Florida, the Orioles, all the way to New York, as Joe and Rosemary, my family. My family all the way to Arkansas, all the way to Virginia, in between everywhere. A family of 98 nations who are listening to me right now, who are listening to our broadcast at this very moment from China, from Brazil, from all over the corners of the world, from England. God, I ask you to bless them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Oh, God. Oh, mighty God. Oh, Lord Jesus. Father, Father, I heard that our African Americans are being isolated and being hurt by this virus. God, I reprimand the coronavirus. So my brothers and sisters be spared, God. God, that doesn't make me happy. I'm sad today, Lord. This minority is again being stricken. Oh, Satan, you have no right. You have no right. I reprimand you in the name of Jesus. I speak to the numbers in New York that they will come down. I'll command you. You have no right to do that to that community. I reprimand you in the name of Jesus. I bind you. Be with my friends in Atlanta. Every one of them that you know who they are, cover them. The pastors, cover them. Oh, Heavenly Father. Body of our Lord. The blood of our Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord. 
Oh, Heavenly Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to share with you this morning. One of the most difficult times the Lord had after healing the men at the pool of Bethesda. It was a difficult time because the Sanhedrin leadership of Israel that those days came against our Lord. And he tried in everything he said. He simply this, that the Father and I are one. So what happened when I told that man to take his mat and walk on the Sabbath? It was under the guidance and leadership of my Father. My Father told me to take, to tell him to take the mat and walk. And he presents himself as one. It's a wonderful thing to see submission at this high level. Because you see, we are individuals that are confronted by others and how they feel about us, what they think about us, and sometimes we consider them much more important than what God thinks of us. I'm interested in what God thinks about me. I've been saying a long time, I'm not for sale. I'm not going to sell myself to no one but the voice of God in my life. And that makes me strong. Instead of trying to please men, that never worked. Verse 39 to verse 43 is our lesson this morning. I have 15 minutes. Please stay with us. And by the way, today again, I'm going to ask you to send me an email to RBM, R, like, like Roger, B, like book, and M, like Mary. And uh, RBM at LatteRain.com, Latte Rain together. And uh, send me an email that you're listening to us. This is very comforting to us and encouraging to us. We know the numbers say, say down there are, are very high, but I want you to know you heard what I said this morning. And tonight at 7 p.m., we're going to have also a time of worship and prayer in Bible study. We are quarantined. As a ministry, you are quarantined. There's nobody coming in this building. There's four or five of us here. We're wearing goggles and wearing, wearing protective gear and all kinds of things. And we're being very careful in distanciating ourselves from each other. So tonight at 7 p.m., I'll do praise and worship tonight. Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. Now, did they search the Scriptures? Yes, they did. They searched the oral law, was the Torah, oral 
oral Torah. Torah means the five first books of the Bible. Oral traditions of men. You know, in the Methodist Church, that's the book of discipline. If you live by the book of discipline, you'll never be able to preach right. You've got to preach according to what God gives you. I believe that uh, I'm covering the book of John this week, and I've been too much on, on, on five chapters. It's impossible to do, in my opinion, any faster. It has to be slow. And so these who have been persecuting the Lord and accusing Him of telling a man to carry his mat on Sabbath, He says to them, You search the Scriptures, for you and them you think you have eternal life. You see, the Bible, Jesus says this, And they are, and they, are they which testified of Me. The entire history of the Bible is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It is the center, the focal center of the cross. That's why they couldn't understand. They, in other words, they, they read the Torah, the oral law, the tradition of the law. And they couldn't put that understanding of the, the law in the person of Jesus, right smack in front of them. So the Scriptures testify of Jesus. Look, how many times I have to do this. Look at uh, John one forty-five. I want to read to you. Philip found Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. That's a test. That's a test. He, I tell you, <laughs> John is testifying. When John wrote the Gospel of John, he's testifying. Philip found Nathaniel and said unto him, Philip, the, 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 the man with four daughters that prophesied they live in Caesarea, one of the disciples of Jesus, we have found him. Me, not just I. We, we the body of Christ, we have found Him whom, the, whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. That is testifying. When I saw it, I testify that it fits the Scriptures. But they couldn't fit it. They couldn't put oral traditions and legalistic ideas along with the Savior of the world. You know, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's like you are on a, you know, you know where these cars are all beat up? I don't know what you call them. Junkyard. They're loaded with junkyard cars falling apart. And there's smack right out of town comes in a 2020 Mercedes. Black, shiny. Parks right in front of them. And, 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 and stops the engine. By the way, new cars, you know, you don't hear the engine. <laughs> I have an experience with that. You don't hear the engine. But there it is. You don't hear the engine, but man, there's a black Mercedes 2020 worth $200,000 in the midst of a junkyard. 
That's, that's really the picture that I want to give you this morning as Jesus speaking to these Sanhedrin people. Just bright, shining, powerful, anointed of God to His teeth. Holy, Son of the Almighty God, incarnated Son of God in the midst of a, an old junkyard Jewish legalistic teachers. Look at uh, chapter 2, verse 22, and you get that. When therefore He was risen from the dead, His disciples remembered that He had said unto them, and they believed the Scriptures. They believed the Scriptures. Believing the Scriptures, it's an exercise of faith. And the only way you can do that is balance that out with the idea and the experience. See, the thought, the idea, and the heart experience. A lot of people go to Brazil with me throughout 20, 30 years, 40 years. We have a building in Brazil that houses 30 people. And every year, there are two or three trips of 20 to 30 people who go to Brazil to experience Christ, to be discipled. It is a discipleship ministry we have in Brazil. It has touched thousands of people. Literally thousands. In 40 years, I'd say 290 trips. 290 trips. So you have an idea how busy I've been in my life. When they come to Brazil, they begin to tell me after the trip is over, I've experienced in my heart that which I knew in my head. I've experienced in my heart and I will never forget as long as I live. Now, by the way, it don't happen just in Brazil. It happened in Cuba. And so, and they believed the Scriptures and the Word which Jesus had said. In other words, when they, when they heard the Word, the Holy Spirit convicted them in their sight. And it became part of their heart. And I want you to know that uh, that's what I want you to have. This ministry that has survived now 55 years by faith. You know, I keep on telling you, I don't receive salary, never received a penny from the Methodist Church in 42 years of ministry. No pension, no retirement, no nothing. Now, if I survived and God provided for me, Am I a prophet of the Lord or am I a false prophet? One of the two. You make a decision. I'm not smooth in the edges. I'm a little rough. I've always been rough in the edges. But I'm not a liar. I'm not putting this show up. For there are thousands of fruits spread throughout the country. So please listen to me. Please give me a chance to break through you, your thick head. The only way to believe the Scriptures is to be convicted of the Holy Spirit. And that experience is not for men to decide. It is God who does it. I haven't covered nothing from here today. So the Scriptures testify of Jesus. If you study the Scriptures without revelation, Jesus or the Spirit of Jesus... The Holy Spirit testifies of Him, but if you study the Scriptures scholastically, you are wasted your time. Listen, I prefer not to know nothing than to know a lot 
and reject the presence of God when He reveals Himself to me. I prefer to come out as a very odd eyeball. You know, I mean, I've been an eyeball. I mean, it's, it's been a story of my life. I went to a conference in, in, uh, in, uh, up in Kentucky. And the men said to me, we're short $75,000. And I heard the Lord saying, take that bottle of water and throw on everybody. And encourage them to come forward with a special offering. And I tell you, I bathed the whole congregation. That's really not kosher. That, you don't build a ministry doing that. But I tell you, the money came in that night and they were blessed. And I was more convicted than ever before that you can't please God and please men at the same time. Look at uh, John 3.10. Here's another example of that. John chapter 3 verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto them, Are you a master of Israel and knowest not these things? He's talking, he's talking about Nicodemus. You don't know nothing. You are a master of Israel and yet you don't understand that the wind blows where it listens and you hear the sound thereof, but cannot tell where it comes from or whither where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You got to be born of the Spirit. You can go to church until you blew in the face, but if you're not born of the Spirit, you miss it. And let me tell you, I'm meeting people that are old. I'm meeting people that spend time in their lives in church all their lives. Never been born of the Spirit. Verse 37 is a critical verse. Going to John chapter 5. I'm, I'm covering John chapter 5, 39 to 43, the Scriptures. Look at, 30, at, at, uh, at verse uh, uh, 37. Is that right? Now, on verse 37, uh, which is before 39, which is the lesson of yesterday, Jesus says, You have neither seen him, Moses did. You have neither heard him, Jacob heard. You have not abided in the, in the word. Abiding in the word is, is it's, it's an idea of spending time with your Bible. One of the ways I've I saw somebody who abided in the Word was when I met for the first time uh, a young lady called Kathy Fallon. I went into her house to meet her and her father. I went into her room and there was a cage, a white cage with a beautiful white dove inside of it. But what caught my attention wasn't the dove, it was the verses of Scripture on paper all over the wall of her bedroom. And what I knew is that she is abiding in the Word. She's, she's looking at the verses of Scripture that I played all over the wall in this office. You can't see it through this camera. But on this other side, this other side here of the, uh, of the, of the, of the office all around, the walls are covered with Scriptures from, and hanging. Brittany Shoebridge did this for us. It's all over. Betty McKinney did that.
Verse 40. And you will not come to me. And you will not come to me to have have life. You will not do this. You don't want to do this. You don't want to come. Now, I told you, neither have seen, neither have, you don't hear it, you don't abide. But on verse 39, it says, you search the Scriptures, but you deny the source, which is Jesus. They sought the Scriptures, but denied Jesus. They could not accept His witness. And I've been telling you that Revelation 19.10 says this, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What do you mean by that? Is that when you hear the testimony of the cross, these verses that are here on chapter 5 begin with verse 17 of John all the way, all the way down to the end of this chapter, verse 47. 47 verses of testifying. Testimony of Jesus. He's speaking a, a, a testimony on 47 verses. And I've been covering this this week. When you listen to that, you are convicted. You receive the testimony of Jesus because it points to everywhere. Now, in John chapter 3, Verse 16, you read the famous verse, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, for whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the testimony of Jesus. For God so loved the world. So chapter 5 continues. On verse 40, I'm sorry, on verse 41, I received not honor from men. He, th- he thought honor from God. He did not want to receive honor from anybody but God alone. He rejected human praise. His only expectation or desire was to be the son of the Father. Expecting, expecting the Father to glorify him in heaven, as he returned to heaven after the resurrection. Do you see the love of Jesus and the love of the Father coming all through this as if they're one? But it's impossible when you have oral tradition speaking to your mind. It's impossible when you have culture suggesting your direction of faith. If culture directs what you need to do with your faith, then you listen to culture and not listen to God. You can't listen to culture. Culture is going to literally H.C. double hockey sticks. Culture is disintegrating. Culture is turning into an ugly monster. In other words, it's okay in America to slaughter one and a half million babies. Even kill those who are out of the womb already. And the Senate and Congress of the United States of America approve of it. Now, folks, you got blood in your hands. 
Jesus knew what glory He wanted. He wanted the glory of the Father. Heavenly Father, I pray today that as we come to understand the Scriptures as a revelation of the Holy Spirit to us, we come under your conviction. We ask you, Lord, that we be molded. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. God, let me be fulfill your purpose, whatever it may be. Your purpose, God, uh, Jesus, was that you die on the cross and suffered and be resurrected. And I want to have that type of purpose in my life to where whatever you tell me, God, I'll do it even though I don't like it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.laterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.laterain.com for more teachings.